Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and thank you again for tuning in to the Legally Still Show for this Saturday, September 11th. Sounds a little funny saying that, because um, nine years ago we experienced such a such a tragedy. But I am thankful to be here and be able to talk to you on this Saturday. Um, a couple of things I want to I want to clear up. Um, we did talk last week about the four squares of death. That was very integral in what you need to know as a consumer before you go to the dealership and attempt to purchase a vehicle. These are ways and things that they can get over on you, and we're going to talk about the second half of the back end, uh, beware of the back end of the deal on today. Have a have a good show for you. Uh, normally you hear me say a very interesting show, but I have a good show for you today. I have a um, a lady who is who is we're going to talk about a little bit later. We're expecting her to call in at 20 past the hour, but her name is uh, Sarah Lee Marks, and I wanted my my listening audience to get a get a a, a perspective of the car buying industry from a female pioneer and female uh, um, uh, entrepreneur in the automotive buying industry. So please stay tuned for that. She's going to call in and give you some words of wisdom and some information on what you need to do as a consumer before you purchase before you purchase your next vehicle. As always, uh, we want you to tune in and 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 be able to. Listen to the show live if you can. Of course, it's going to be downloaded on iTunes podcast, so you can download it and carry it with you, and that way you can listen to it at the dealership. And you know, make sure you stay abreast of what's going on and save yourself money. I want to thank you. We got a uh, report in this week for the book sales. Thank you, thank you, America. Um, the book sales have been outstanding. And people are really interested in this topic. They really are interested. Uh, the As far as the show is concerned, each week the numbers are increasing. We are having more and more listeners. And the good thing that I like about it is you know, during the week, listeners are also tuning in. If they didn't catch it live, they're tuning in to find out what we talked about. And, of course, the responses are still coming. Uh, this week we kind of fine-tune a few things. That way you can have one central location to go and find anything about the Legally Steal show, about me, different interviews that I've done. And it's not just about me, but it's about the things that I'm doing as a consumer advocate for you, the consumer. So, you know, please stay tuned uh, into what's happening. And, of course, you can always go to legallysteal.blogspot.com. On the on our blog, you'll be able to, of course, leave feedback, but you'll be able to click on the links for the show, where you can go to the show later and listen to all six or seven shows that we have out now. You'll be able to look at articles that I wrote or that I've written uh, for Examiner, and of course, publish those and send them send them out to other people. We want as many people to be abreast of what's going on. As possible. Also, you'll be able to get your book. You'll be able to order your book directly from 
from the blog site. And we have our sponsors who will, as today, again, we have uh, Lexington Law, who this show is brought to you by. Uh, Lexington Law are the credit repair attorneys that they jump on it and make you make your picture a better picture when you go to the dealership. So definitely tune in to uh, legallysteal.blogspot.com. And, of course, you can always send me your send me your questions at the show at legallysteal.info. That's the show at legallysteal.info. Uh, I want to go back to the article that I wrote this morning. I felt compelled to write something uh, by way of the automotive industry and how we were affected, this country uh, was affected on 9-11, nine years ago. We are, and I'm, I'm very proud to say this, I am an American, I'm a, I'm a very proud American, and we, we as a people, we are a strong nation. We are a strong and resilient nation. And we won't fall by the wayside because of some attack. That was the most horrific and egregious attack on U.S. soil ever, ever in recorded history. And we pray to God that we don't have something like that ever again. But it made me reflect back on where I was on 9-11 at 8.49 a.m., in 2001, at the time I was back in the business, I was actually in the business, uh, the the vehicle negotiating business, and I was at the auction. I was getting ready to purchase a few vehicles for some clients and watching it on the screen. And, of course, it took me back to that moment, and I look and I say that our our economy has suffered since that time as well as the automotive industry. I mean, who would have thought that? GM or Chrysler or Ford would be contemplating bankruptcy. No one did. And because of that, we are now, as Americans, we are now shareholders, shareholders in General Motors and Chrysler. And I normally keep the show unbiased, but as a shareholder, I'm talking to my fellow Americans, my fellow shareholders, as an American, we need to invest or increase our return on investment. So I'm going to declare by America. 9-11 from now on out for me is by American. We have to, you know, increase our ROI and, and, and take, take advantage of the money that we've invested in the car industry. So I wanted to share that with you today before we go any further into the program. And that way you know how I feel and what I believe in. Now, believe me, I am a, a, a big proponent of capitalism and competition. So I like the fact that we have more than one model to choose for. But if you take a look again at GM and Chrysler, look at them again for the first time. I think they have some products that can now stand the test of time and stand up against the competitors. And, of course, we benefit as a shareholder. So, again, I know there's a lot going on in the country today, a lot of remembrance 
and I wanted to do my part as far as September 11 was concerned and for our families and friends as well as for our economy. So, again, by America. Today, again, we, um, we have the – we're wrapping up the second portion of the back end of the deal. And I wanted you to know that these are things – this, this, for the last six shows, if I'm not mistaken, we have gone over and, and, and put together different things where we're telling you the things that you need to know to save yourself thousands of dollars. Now, I want you, I want you to understand that this show is not just about car buying. I want you to understand the intricate details of negotiations, regardless of if you're buying a car, house, or a tricycle. Learn how to negotiate, and that's the the book, How to Legally Steal Your Next Vehicle and Save Thousands, is pretty much the premise of that book is learn how to negotiate, teaching you different things and skills that you need to know to negotiate where you can legally steal your next purchase, regardless of what it is. In the In the spirit of negotiations and sales, it should be a – a common a commonality of sitting down and discussing your desires and your wants versus what you are going to pay out or give up in the pursuit of getting what you want. So the book will be very helpful and is very helpful of uh, being able to give you a, a platform and guideline of the things that you need to do to save yourself money. This week I I got several several emails requesting information about the lease, the leasing process. Um, because of the credit situation, and I told you next week we're going to do another show on credit, uh, I want to have some industry experts on the line to talk to you about credit and some of the things that you need to know. So our sponsor, Lexington Law, we're looking forward to having them on the line, and you can actually call in or send in your emails beforehand, and we can have your questions live on the air. But back to the leasing. The leasing is a misnomer that most people truly don't understand. And if you went to a dealership, you will find out that most salespeople and or sales managers don't truly understand the process of leasing. You have to go to the finance manager because the the intricate details of a lease can cost you thousands, thousands of dollars. And the restrictions that are placed on the lease can cause you can cost you even more money when you attempt to trade in the lease. So you have to know the differences. There's an open end lease and there's a closed end lease. And you have to do the research and know the differences of these leases because if you don't when you go and take your car back or turn it in after that lease is up or your lease has expired, if you did not um, negotiate your deal properly, which means you're normally going to have between twelve and 15,000 miles a year on the lease, maybe even lower, just depending on the make and model and how the deal is put together. But if you go over those over the, over the mileage, it can cost you just as much money as the car costs 
So you have to be careful and know what what you're buying the lease for, what what you're leasing the vehicle for, the actual purposes of it, and that you don't violate those purposes. And honestly, I've seen several several hundred people over my years in the industry actually have two cars, one lease vehicle and the other vehicle that's normally paid for. But if they're going to do a long trip, they will actually drive the vehicle that's paid for and use the lease around town because when you think of it, 12,000 miles is not a lot of miles in a year, and you can be over that 12,000 miles or 15,000 miles before you know it. Matter of fact, the national average for car mileage usage is about 18,000 18, miles annually. So there, in fact, you will be over 3,000 miles if you drove your lease vehicle around. So those are things you want to do research. And what I'm going to do, I wanted to, you know, address those questions on the air, but we will, I'll bring in another segment, and we'll talk just about lease vehicles, what you need to do to protect yourself, uh, gap insurance, things that you need to have on your lease or for your lease, and that way you can save yourself save yourself money. So we're going to talk about that. Um, again, good show for you today. Uh, a young lady, her name is uh, Sarah Lee Marks. She's going to be calling in about 20 past the hour. So definitely tune in to hear what she has to say. Because this week I found out um, things that I knew already, but it's good to hear the actual feedback from consumers, I had several several ladies this week here in the Tampa area uh, express to me of their concern about buying vehicles from females. Now, I've experienced it many years in the industry, uh, which is why I use SE. I kind of addressed that last time, but it's it's really becoming. A prevalent fact, and, and of course my expression or my response to that is, um, please, the women are just as knowledgeable, if not more knowledgeable, than men in the car industry. But you know, definitely give them a chance. Don't, don't, don't throw the woman by the wayside because she decided to go into the business of sales, and she is selling in a male-dominated industry. So definitely give her a chance because the bottom line is. You want to make sure you're buying the right vehicle for you. And as I've said several times, several, several times, the vehicles sell themselves. It's a matter of who you're dealing with when you walk into the dealership. And if you feel comfortable with that salesperson or with the atmosphere there, chances are you're going to buy a vehicle there. And if you don't, you will leave. So, you know, definitely... You know, I want to give a big up to the females that are in that industry and doing well in that industry. And that's what Miss Marks, hopefully we're going to discuss a couple of questions with her. Uh, I have a couple of questions that people also sent in email that I'm going to ask directly to her. I know the answer, but I wanted you to hear them from another expert in the field, from a female's perspective, and what she has to say and and, and express on the issue of buying cars. Also, next week we have we have several 
several things that we have going on. We're going to bring them to you next weekend, some interviews, um, including that of the the credit, but also bring to you some things that we've been doing in the field. We're working on some things to get you the live show, and of course you can go to you know livestream.com slash legally steal show now, and you know we're going to do live stream. But our goal is now to get out in the field, uh, do some remote locations from the dealership, so you can see and have a chance to hear us interact directly with the people that we are discussing and talking about during the show. And, of course, you'll be able to see it live, and, and we can always take your questions through our live chat as well as through Blog Talk Radio and give you feedback and information on that. So I want to, I want to look at a few things, the back end of the deal. This is, this is the point of where everything has to be in play before you go into the finance office, okay? You've worked on the numbers, and according to you four squares of death, you've come down to a figure that you are hoping to have everything come together. Well, the next portion of that phase is actually going into the finance office. Now, let me tell you this. Nine times out of ten, the finance manager doesn't see your deal before you actually make it into their office. They will, it's normally coming into their office a few minutes before uh, you actually step foot in the office. So the deal is being put together by the salesperson and the sales manager. Now, they will normally brief the finance manager because they'll run your credit report and they'll ask the, ask the finance manager what amount or what type of interest rate can you get and that's pretty much the information that the finance manager is going off of, just your credit report, not necessarily the vehicle, because the vehicle doesn't matter to the finance manager, uh, not until you've actually been approved for a certain rate. or say. Or, so that part doesn't matter. So when you get into the finance office, your deal is now sitting on their desk, and all of the things that we've been talking about over the last, six weeks or so, has been preparing you to actually go into the finance office and now purchase your vehicle or at this price or interest rate that they're going to give you. Remember, your numbers are together thus far, but you haven't really discussed the interest rate. Now, remember I said months ago or weeks ago, this is the point where the deal can fall apart or the deal can go forward. It just depends on the numbers that you that the finance manager gets back from the lender, from the underwriter of the deal, of what they will do and what they want to do. Um, and they don't really know this until you're actually sitting in the office to find out the intricate details of your specific deal. So the things that you have to be aware of is your numbers could change. Normally they're going to go higher because – you know, the finance manager is now the other shark in the tank. You're the fish. They're the other shark. You've already been bitten by the sales manager and the sales and the um, salesperson. Now the finance manager is coming in to do 
to do the last end of the attack. So you have to be very careful when you do that and know what you know. Now, of course, the easiest way is to get your loan approved before you ever get to the dealership. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't have that luxury of getting their loan approved. They actually have to go to the dealership. So when you do that, this is what this show is about. This is what the book is about. So when you go into the dealership, you know how to combat the issue of dealing with the finance manager and the sales manager. So once you're in the office and they're sitting there with you, remember, I don't know if I told you this, but all the time that you've spent negotiating the car deal, you're normally in the finance office about 20 minutes or less. Their goal is to get you in and get you out very, very, very quickly. And in doing so, you can miss a lot of things. As I said, you wouldn't normally go to a closing without a broker or without doing this in an attorney's office. So you shouldn't go to a dealership without some type of representation. If you feel strong enough in who you are and doing your own representation, well, of course, do as much research as possible. Take as many notes as you can because if not, possibility you will suffer the consequences. And the consequences are being, you know, too much money being financed on something that's depreciating immediately. You don't want to be caught in that situation. Um, a good example, I had a lady call me, and this it doesn't matter what you're buying. You can be buying a two-door or a four-door small car, or you can be buying an, an eight-cylinder luxury model. It doesn't matter. The game is still the same. And a lady was telling me that she ended up buying a, a luxury model, and it nearly put her in bankruptcy, trying to pay the thing off. Car was beautiful, uh, but you don't want to put yourself in that type of financial strain when it comes to buying a vehicle. Remember, 15 to 20% of your income. If you do more than that, now you're teeter-tottering with danger, and that can get you in a world of trouble. So you don't want to do that. You want to be very aware of what you're doing. Now, the biggest thing that you're going to have to do is pull that credit report. Get the credit report clean before you get into the back office because that's where you're going to lose the largest portion of your money is the credit. Now, I, I put a lot of emphasis on credit, but I also put just as much emphasis on the price of the car. Last week in that four squares of death, the whole goal of the four squares was to keep your mind off of the price of the vehicle. If I can play with the numbers and increase the increase the the monthly payment or decrease the down payment or increase the down payment but increase the trade decrease the trade amount, I'm gonna do that again. If I can increase the monthly payment, increase the down payment, decrease the trade amount, it's going to show better for me, the dealer. And I can save more money, make more money while I'm taking more of your money. Uh, look as if we have our special guest calling in today. And 
I want you to listen in and listen to what she has to say about the industry. Like I said, we're going to pose a couple of questions to her. But I want you to listen to what she has to say, and she's going to tell you a little bit about her business. Uh, she and I have a lot in common, and I want you to listen to her. And without further ado, I want you, I want to introduce you to Miss Sarah Lee Marks of My Car Lady. Good morning. How are Good you Good afternoon. Today? I'm great, <laughs> thanks. Sarah, if you would, tell everybody where you're calling from. I'm coming, calling you from Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, wow. that's why it's still morning here and afternoon hey. where you are. But it's a beautiful day in Las Vegas, a great day to be buying and selling cars. Well, we're going to have to come out to Sin City and visit you. Please do. Please do. we got <laughs> lots of cars here, everything you could possibly want to drive. <laughs> well, Sarah, if you would, tell us a little bit about my car lady, as I was, as I was telling the audience. Uh, I used to have a business uh, negotiating firm that actually went out and negotiated cars for the individuals, making sure they were, you know, they saved as much money as possible and tried to give them, the, you know, the best interest rate and the best experience in buying a car. If you would, tell us a little bit about My Car Lady. Well, My Car Lady is uh, the next generation of my 20-plus years of the car business where I worked in dealerships in all different capacities, selling, finance, leasing, service, fleet, and said, I want to do this differently and take care of my clients who have been following me for years. And many of my clients would say, well, you know what, I love buying cars from you, Sarah, but I don't want another whatever brand. Can you get me something different? And so my car lady services clients and car buyers, especially women. I have a huge female following since we do make 85% of the decisions revolving the car deal. So people call me from all over the country and say, this is what I want, this is what I think I want, and I help them make the car deal. Um, I also have clients that have vehicles and they want to sell them, and I yes. actually handle that process for them as well. They may not want to trade them in or they want to understand, am I getting a good trade or should I sell it myself? And I do that so they don't have strangers coming to their house. They don't have weirdos calling them at crazy hours of the night. And before the car ever changes hands, the green money is in their bank account for real. No craziness with uh, canceled cashier's checks and other nonsense. So I do everything I can to be the bad guy, to make the right. deal the best deal for my clients. And you know what that feels like. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things, and, and it's very interesting when you say that most of your, most of your customers are females, um, when I started the business in Atlanta years ago, and this is some of the stuff that I talk about in the book uh, of ways that you know that a person can save money. But when I when I started my business, it was called Automotive Liaison Services years ago in Atlanta. I actually thought that my market was going to be about eighty twenty, eighty twenty, eighty female, eighty percent female, twenty percent males. But I actually I was surprised that it was more like 51%, 49%. There were a lot of males who just did not understand the car buying game and did not want to play in the industry. And they would come and, and uh, allow us to do their service for them. 
So I think it's a mm-hmm. great thing that you're doing, and I'm understanding I'm starting to see more female-owned businesses that are in the car buying business or as far as liaisons for their customers pop up around the country. And this is a this is a really good thing because, as I was saying a little earlier, I've had several, even when I was in the business, a lot of females did not like buying cars from females. And I thought it was the weirdest thing. Do you have anything to address on that? Well, um, I have not had that experience personally, but I have yeah. seen, I have been in dealerships working with my clients on test drives and watch the interaction of certain personalities. And I have seen some females that are hired by the dealership to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to attract a certain client, but when they open their mouths, at the end of the day, they don't have a clue about the car, they can't speak to the financing, and there's nothing that any woman in the world doesn't like worse than a fraud. And what happens is the pushback is that the female clientele smells a rat. They smell window dressing and no substance. And that's probably where you get that pushback of, I don't trust a woman in the car business because, you know, she looks a certain way and she talks a certain way. And when I ask her a question, I don't get any more substance from the woman than I might get from the sales guy. So I might as well go over and talk to that sales guy who can at least explain to me why this engine is better than their competitor's engine. Well, I can tell you this, Sarah, that a majority of, of, of our listeners are female, and it's really good to hear you saying that uh, because I don't want to be, you know, the old stale guy voice on the radio. I want to actually have, have the audience hear in and listen to different points of view, especially the female point of view. So that's really, really good that you said that. Listen, I have a I, you can tell I'm not afraid to say what I think either. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's very, very interesting. Listen, I got a couple of questions for you um, that it, we've been getting on emails, and some people want to know. And the first one is, <clears throat> how does the consumer ensure the numbers remain the same as agreed if they don't know about dealer incentives or promotional cash or different things like that? Um. The numbers that they agree to out in this, on the sales floor, they can write them down, selling mm-hmm. price. They can write down rebate, so they remember it. They can write down on their own piece of paper what they were told the interest rate was going to be because sometimes they get a payment pitched to them, and they don't ask what's the interest rate. So... You want to ask the question, oh, yeah, two ninety nine a month, 60 months, sounds great. What's the interest rate? And then write it down. Because Absolutely. when you go into the finance office or the business office, depending on how yeah. they refer to it, <laughs> a lot of times you won't see the computer screen. It's hidden. But Absolutely. the paperwork comes out or the individual in the business office says to you, would you like to buy this or that? As long as the contract shows that the selling price is the same number you wrote down out on the sales floor and the rebate is the same number that they told you was the rebate and the interest Mm -hmm. rate is the same rebate, 
is the same, you pretty much can hold to those. Now, sometimes what happens is the individual behind the desk printing the contract and verifying all the paperwork will say to you, Ms. Jones, if you buy this warranty, I think I can get the bank to give you a lower interest rate. <laughs> and your, that's only right. only going to cost you $25 more a month. Right. So you got to know where you started so that when you see that the warranty costs $2,000, well, for normal good credit, that's about $20 per thousand. Absolutely. Well, normally $20 per thousand, you're saying, hey, Sarah, $20 per thousand is $40 a month, girl. Where's your math? Not 25 But right. what they did was they moved the interest rates to absorb some of that cost. It was in there. And I'm sure there's dealers out there that are just biting their tongue and choking themselves because they don't want you to hear me say this. Of but this is not. no different than what I tell my clients when I sit down with them and say, here's how this is going to work, and I walk them through the steps so there's no surprises. Good, good. Last week we talked about the um, the four squares of death, and I talked through it. I also do a, a, a live through live stream, so I, I had the opportunity to do an actual demonstration of the four squares of death. And the whole point that I, I've been telling the audience is it's meant to confuse you. Once they have you confused, now I can play on your play on your lack of what I already know as a dealer and get you in the back office when you're exhausted and you're tired into the business office, quote, unquote, and then get what I need, which is money out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. You know, we discussed that, and, of course, I want people to check it out, but I'm glad that you're calling in, which you also answered the second question that that we were going to ask, and that's, you know, what are some of the things uh, consumers should be aware of when entering the finance office? And I think you you really touched up on it uh, because I tell people that you can negotiate for days, and you will lose most of your money the last 20 minutes in the dealership. That is true. If you're not paying attention and you you don't look at each part of the contract. Now, you discussed dealer incentives. There are dealer incentives that the dealer gets by bonus. If they sell 25 of a certain model in a certain period of time, the factory will give them an additional bonus. That is very unusual that that would show up on the consumer's contract unless it is specifically called dealer cash and the dealer has the right to use it to lower the cost of the car. And that is the specification for dealer cash. It isn't out there a lot. It's only um, typically on slow-moving, more expensive vehicles. They don't right. want to reduce their, they don't want to tarnish their luxury car image by saying, hey, we have a rebate. <laughs> but they know that there's certainly clients out there who do not qualify for their leasing program. 
So they will give the dealer thousands of dollars in discount money so that the dealer can say to the consumer, I'm going to sell you this car for X number of dollars. And that's a number that may be far lower than what the customer expects. That's using dealer cash. The nice thing about it from the consumer standpoint is if it's in the selling price, and the selling price was 30 and now it's reduced to 25, they are paying less sales tax because they reduced the price by $5,000. But nowhere else does that have to be disclosed, and nor would the consumer generally care unless right. my customers call me or and say, I want an XYZ car. I make the phone call to find out if there's any extra money on the table, so to speak, and I may be able to find the car for less than invoice because there's fewer cash. Now, you bring up a very interesting point. You bring up a very interesting point when you say less than invoice. And a couple of shows back, I actually explained invoice, dealer invoice, and true cost of the vehicle. If you would, touch on dealer invoice for a minute. Well, there's always been a claim that dealers had two invoices, the one they showed the customer and the one they actually paid the 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 bank on. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that an invoice today comes from the manufacturer. It right. includes additional charges for mm-hmm. advertising participation, rebate participation, interest rate participation. Uh, there's a certain percentage of every single car that goes into a pool that the factory right. controls for running those ads in your neighborhood. And this was this was something that had to be disclosed on the invoice as of the late 90s due to a lawsuit in California uh, by California citizens against Toyota. But aside from that, that's the invoice that the dealer has his responsibility for paying. Now, right. manufacturers will give them bonus money if they sell mm-hmm. the car within a certain period of time or if they've had the car a certain period of time. That doesn't show up on the invoice. That's dealer money. However, there is one piece of the invoice that people always get stuck on, and that's called holdback. And that's the money that the factory holds on to until the dealer has sold the car. And basically it's a wash. It's a pass-through. It's not money to be negotiated because in most cases, all it does is pay for the first 30 days of interest that the dealer is being charged by the factory while the car is in transit from the factory to the dealer's lot. So it's, it's, it's almost air in many cases. But that's invoice. Now, a dealer's true cost is he gets this car with the charge of X amount of dollars, and then there's other costs that are involved in doing business before you ever make the sale. Absolutely. And those and I'm I'm hope I'm going down the path that you want to go, but the dealer has responsibilities for prepping the car, putting a full tank of gas in it at at his own expense because that is no Absolutely. longer um paid by the factory. Mm-hmm. Um there's paperwork there's paperwork involved from the dealership um electronically paying for the car to the bank or to the manufacturer, whoever, however that's handled. And those are additional expenses that Basically, we would call the cost of doing business, 
but right. the dealer has to factor them in because mm-hmm. so many people work from invoice up today or they try to. Mm-hmm. And it really it's the only industry where you can go into a store and say, I know how much you paid for that. <laughs> it's not like Tiffany's. It's not like the grocery store. So right. it, the dealer has to figure out what is his true cost and then is how much is he willing to sell this product for and still be in business. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, Sarah, it has been great. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your morning um, and giving us a call. And believe me, I will be contacting you again on some future shows. But if you could, before you go, tell everybody again about My Car Lady and where they can find you. I appreciate that. MyCarLady.com is my website, www.MyCarLady, one word, .com. I am based in Las Vegas, Nevada. I work all over the country. I sell cars of any maker model all over the USA and Canada, new or used. You can email me at Sarah Lee, S-A-R-A-H-L-E-E, at MyCarLady.com. You can reach me by phone at 702 521 Seven five four six. That's seven zero two five two one seven five four six. Any day but Sunday. We're closed to your um, for car dealers on Sunday. But give me a call. Send me an email. Any way I can help you. Advice is free with my car lady. It's only when um, you do some negotiating. I charge a flat fee for that and uh, not a percentage of the cost of the car. So you always know I'm completely transparent that you've paid me a flat fee. I have no interest in charging you more. Good deal. Good deal. Listen, I'm going to make sure I put that information up uh, so not only the listeners can hear it, but also readers of the blog uh, will be able to get that information, too. Again, Sarah, thank you for calling in. Yeah? Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you again soon, and happy car buying out there. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. Take care. All right, bye. We have another caller. Um, caller, are you still on the line? You already know it. It's your main man. This is Ty Hanna. We're calling in. How are you doing, my friend? How are you doing? Oh, man, busy, busy. Absolutely great. Um, wonderful show you got going on here, man. Um, if, 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 if no one has paid attention to the wonderful book, of course, Page 17, on page 17, how important are performance features, okay? Pay attention to that part. <laughs> Let them know that that is a very, very important key um, when you're going out there, um, you know, you're in their car, car shopping voyage. That's a very, very important key right there. Don't have them give you a car and, you know, the performance features are not up to date, up to standard. Yeah, hey, keep it tight. <laughs> hey, see how you doing, baby? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I always appreciate you know uh, discussing and talking with you. Uh, Absolutely. You mind, what you got going on, man? Yes. Um, right now we got. Um, of course, everyone knows that we're in the um, the launch of the new album, uh, the recommencing of Ty Hanna. Um, we'll be um, doing a lot of uh, you know, ringing your face. 
Uh, all next week we're going to be in your face. Uh, we'll be uh, visiting with uh, Orlando's Power 95.3 FM. Um, if, if for those who don't know, um, I am the Orlando Power 95.3 Spotlight Artist of the Month. So <laughs> we're in your face. Um, not only that, we'll be um, in Bethune-Cookman um, speaking to the um, – to the students over there, uh, Bethune Cookman is launching their uh, their new uh, program, this the Wildcats Right. Um, it's a program where the kids uh, are wanting to develop uh, their writing skills and talent. So we'll be uh, visiting them this week, um, speaking with them, and you know, helping them, you know, you know, get their writing skills up, and uh, and of course, you know, you know, broadcasting the album to them, letting them know what's good. If you want to go get the album, of course, um, definitely let them know, www.tyhanna.com. Um, we're in your face. <laughs> we got a lot going on. I, 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 if you call <laughs> in, I'm going to put that on our blog, too. Uh, Absolutely. Ty, Thank you. Listen, Ty's a very good friend of mine, and uh, this is a surprise, him calling in on the show, but I really do appreciate it. <laughs> or, no problem. you about the book. Not not me, he is. So, <laughs> again, Ty, we're going to look out for you, and uh, that's TyHanna.com, right? TyHanna.com, everybody. Yes, World Wide Web. Um, we, we've actually dedicated a song to the site. You can go right on Facebook, go on my, on my wall. Um, there's a song dedicated to the site. Let you know that we are keeping it very, very simple. We're not, you know, it's not a, you know, a dashboard QJ TyHanna. It's not... You know, for right. slash K, it's just simply com. I'm not hard to find. The music is there. The wonderful album is there. Um, in fact, um, with this album, um, you know, we want everybody to, you know, to get it while you can, okay, um, because we are moving forward. Um, this album will probably be off the market um, in, a, in about, in about uh, I would say about six more months. After about uh, after about six months, um, the album will be off the market. Um, you'll see a lot of new uh, projects and new works coming from um, from your boy, from me, Tyhan, of course. So we definitely encourage that uh, everyone please go and um, and get that get the album while you can. Hey Ty, listen, get it we're, gonna can. To, <laughs> we're gonna have to do something together one day. We're gonna try to work on getting us a uh, um, getting getting to a dealership. Yes. And uh, maybe we can have you out there dropping a couple of tracks while we're doing a oh. remote location. How does that sound? Abs- abs- that sounds absolutely great. Um, definitely, yeah, shout out to my DJ, um, DJ Hugh2JQ. Uh, he would definitely be with me. We all, we love to put on a show because, um, you know, I that's what we do. <laughs> that is exactly what we do. That's with you. And we'll put that together. Again, everybody, Ty Hanna. Ty, I appreciate you. Ty we love you, man. Um, stay focused, man. Keep up the wonderful work you're doing um, because the information that you are giving, um, it's well needed out here in the, in the, in the uh, car shopping market. And uh, we respect you for everything that you're doing, man. And uh, we, we love you, man. I appreciate it, brother. Love you. Keep it going. Peace out, baby. All right. We'll talk with you later. Well, uh, that was a surprise. Uh, <laughs> it's always good getting feedback uh, from the book. And, you know, in something like that, this is the beauty of having all the rights to the show and owning the show. I can pretty much do what I want to do. 
of course, without offending my listening audience, but I think that was a, a, a good take, the two callers calling in, and we're going to get a little bit back uh, more back on the um, the subject of what Ms. Marks was talking about, Sarah Lee and uh, my car lady. But it was good to have him calling in, and that was a spur of the moment, and I, and I really would like to do a remote with him at a dealership where he can drop a couple of tracks and we can interview some folks at the dealership uh, and really get get intricate into what you, the consumer, need to know. Remember, that's my goal here. I want to give you the knowledge and skills so you can legally steal your next purchase. Always, always true to the cause. I'm a true consumer advocate, and I want to make sure that you as as the consumers are well taken care of. Now, back to what Sarah was saying. She she pointed out some very, very interesting things, and, of course, um, I wish some of you had called in to pose your questions, but it's quite all right. I'll take them through email, and we'll discuss them next week. And, of course, she gave you her information. But a lot of the things that, that I've been telling you, she put a spin on. And we talked about the invoice, invoice at the dealership, and things that you as the consumer need to be careful of. Now, one of the things that I really zoned in on, and I'm glad she put it out to you, was the fact that when you go into the business office, the finance office is what it truly is, but they'll call it the business office because they say finance. Finance is kind of scary. I know that this is the culmination of everything that I've been doing, and now I'm getting ready to pay out a lot of money. So going into the finance office, she made the point that you can't see the computer screen, okay, and the way that they manipulate the numbers. Now, I don't say that to scare you. I say that to you so you can be aware of what's going on. And that's one of the things that I talk about in the book. It's understanding the financing rhetoric. A lot of rhetoric, a lot of double spin, double talk of what goes on in the finance office. And this is truly where I know you are, you know, you become accustomed to me saying this, but you can lose thousands of dollars. I want to brand that in your head that you will lose, not you can, you will lose thousands of dollars if you're not prepared. Um, That part of the practice is something that you really, you have to do your research in order to prepare for that. We spend so much time as consumers on the, the, the negotiations of the actual vehicle that we don't take time to negotiate the interest rates. We don't take time to negotiate the service contract or the extended warranty. I'm calling it the language that they will call it at the dealership, which is a service contract. But in essence, it's an extended warranty. They, you don't take the time to negotiate things like credit life, uh, uh, credit insurance, things that you don't need. And all of this happens within 20 minutes, if not sooner, in the dealership. If you have perfect credit, you can be out of the finance office in about 10 minutes. Um, But nevertheless, the process is still the same. Whether you're buying or leasing, the process is still the same. When you go into the business office, 
get ready. Hold on. But know that you know that you know what you know, and you can get things done. Um, I admire the service that she has because I know that it's it's a well-needed business because the car business isn't going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. And she, you can actually utilize that type of service to get done things that you need to get done. Also, you know, as I said, the book the book is a good piece that you can prepare on your own before you ever go to the dealership, um, and that be it buying a vehicle for yourself or, you know, someone else is planning to buy a vehicle. You know, we're coming up on the holidays here. Um, everybody's starting to talk about it. It's starting to buzz around. And that would be an excellent gift uh, to give somebody is the book. It's it's truly something that can keep on giving. Uh, you can use it over and over and over again. And, of course, my goal is for you to become an expert, become an expert in an industry that you know very little about, but you can learn so much about before you purchase a vehicle. And like Sarah put out, it's the only industry that you can walk in and say, I know how much you paid for that car. You can't do that anywhere else. I think she mentioned Tiffany's or the grocery store. You can't do that anywhere else. But if you're going to know what a person can or has paid for a vehicle, then you need to know how to seal the deal. Otherwise, you will lose thousands of dollars, thousands of your hard-earned dollars. So definitely tune in, read the blog. Uh, we're going to talk more about it. We're going to put some things out for discussion. Also, follow, if you would, please follow um, the articles that, that I submit weekly um, or daily to examiner.com. And even though they are, they are some are centrally focused on the Tampa area, for instance, the, the, the article today was me showing my way of patriotism for this country. So I, you know, I, yes, it's supposed to be centered around Tampa, but I wanted to discuss September 11 hurt everybody. So I wanted to discuss that. So please subscribe to that. And, of course, the central point or central location for all that we do at the Legally Steal Show is at our blog. Um, the blog is actually more popular than the website. But you go to, you know, please go to legallysteal.blogspot. Dot com. That's legallysteal.blogspot.com. And, of course, you'll be able to click on links from there that will direct you out to a number of places. Also, I think you definitely, if you do not have, you don't have to have um, an iPhone or an iPad to download iTunes. So if you can't find the show, you can always download it, uh, download iTunes to your Mac computer or your PC and be able to listen to the show later on and, of course, you know, hear, hear some good information. Of course, when you're doing a live show, everything is moving quickly. You can't pause live radio. Not us. You know, some things you can, not us. Um, but you'll be able to go back and listen to it and pick up on some details. And I think that was a really, really great interview we had with Sarah and, of course, we're going to make sure we get her back on um, in later shows. But definitely go and 
listen to it over again and see exactly what she has to say and how it can help you save money. Get your book. Please send me your emails. I, I appreciate them. Um, uh, my uh, fans on Facebook, fam, fans and family on Facebook, as well as different groups that I'm a part of, please send that information. Send us your information. Let us know what's going on um, in your car buying world. Again, that's the show. You can always email us at the show at legallysteal.info. That's T H E S H O W at legallysteal.info. Love to hear from you, and next week's show, we're going to do another show on credit. So you definitely want to tune in uh, and send us some credit questions. And if you don't, I have some already laid out that I'm going to make sure I can ask our guests because we want to make sure that you stay abreast and stay atop of everything that you need to in getting that credit report on track and making it work for you making that picture as pretty as it can be for you. Now, uh, one thing I want to tap on before we, before we go off the air is your credit is just as important when it comes to buying a lease. But let me explain just a, a little bit to you. Leasing was originally created for businesses, not necessarily individuals. So, it really became popular in the late 80s, early 90s, of putting individuals into lease vehicles. Because what dealers and, 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 and financiers started realizing was we were in a credit crunch in the early 90s. Um, in fact, I was graduating from college then, and I remember them saying at that time that liberal arts majors was the worst major to be in graduating from college. And the credit was not strong, so leasing came aboard as another alternative to put a person in a vehicle. And that person's credit may not be strong, it may be weak, but having that lease was a, or having that lease option was an easier way of putting that person in a vehicle. But your credit has to be strong. If your credit is truly strong, strong enough, you don't necessarily have to lease. And sometimes leasing is not always the best thing for you. So you have to keep yourself aware. And I'm going to make sure that we continue to put that type of information out there for you so you can tune in and know what's going on. Uh, again, thank you for listening in. We're going to rebroadcast the show uh, on live, uh, live stream as well as the web as well as uh, blog talk radio. Uh, so you could be able to listen to it again. Tune in, and we look forward to hearing from you. As always, we're giving you the knowledge and skills to legally steal your next purchase. Until next time, have a safe and productive week, and don't buy a car without looking at us first. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.